We're back in Zach. That's right, everyone. It's yet another frame rate that our good friend Zach Schwartz has forced upon you. Um, Abe said that Abe invited me to open this episode and do the bit that randomly floated into my head, and I hate him for that, and I regret it. But I'm Michael Swaim, and my uh, arch nemesis is also here. Please introduce yourself, sir. Me? Billy Wayne Davis. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, if you consider us nemeses, I'm into it. I think it could be. I didn't know that. The A pointed at me (laughs) when you said that. I I didn't want to be his nemesis. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. I I was like, I don't think I have any nemesis. (laughs) We kind of threw you in here. Come into my house. You're going to call you a nemesis. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, man. All right. Let's get. Uh, we're back in Zach, but let's get back on track. This is Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Uh, uh, Abe Epperson's here, even if he refuses to acknowledge himself. I refuse. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> and uh, Zach is a valued patron who invited us to watch Fappin' Can Um No, <laughs> Cap- Captain Great Guy. Uh, yeah, the Vigo Mortensen movie, the name of which you already know because you clicked on the episode. And mm-hmm. I didn't. Can I be? Can I full disclosure? Uh-huh. Like I watched most of it today, and then because I have two kids, so yeah. there's like the end of it. I was like, I'm just gonna have to read what happens, but I have a good idea. And it didn't end the way I thought it would, which I really liked. Um, oh, the, the ending is, I think, will be the bulk of our discussion. Yeah, it's weird. And then, uh, but I didn't do any research. Um. <laughs> On the movie, so in the back of my head, I thought it was the Elton John biop, which is like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds the, like Captain. Yeah, yeah. What, what is the name of the Elton John one? Um, Sergeant Fabulous, I think. It's something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Something. No rocket. So Man. I just kept it's, thinking, like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna watch this Elton John thing real quick, and then when I put that this movie on, I was like, this is. This is way more intense than I thought this yeah, was going to be. Not, yeah. this, is a, this is a tough Saturday morning, like especially oh. the first five minutes, because you're like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it like when he was eating the heart of a deer? Is that when you're like, maybe this isn't an Elton John? Oh, I was in the first 75 seconds. <laughs> it is very quick into the movie where you're like, oh, we're getting into it. We are getting, and I started laughing because <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, well, this is so funny Hollywood's it's gone true. too far with their um, for yeah, what so I thought this was it yeah. is the story of uh, a man and, and his brood Benny and the Jets we'll call them uh, yes. and now, um, but hey before we proceed I feel like Billy Wayne sort of got robbed of the spotlight uh, but welcome every welcome everyone uh, to Billy Wayne Davis. That was a weird way to phrase it. Welcome but, uh, to me, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to you. Uh, new. That's uh, how I'll open all my cult meetings. Yeah, that nice. should be the name of your yeah your stand up album. Welcome to me. <laughs> but we're just super glad to have you, man. And uh, there's a lot of crossover between us and the Daily Zeitgeist, so your voice will be familiar and beloved. But. Welcome to Small oh, great. Beans. Yeah. No, it's great to be here. I'm glad we last week didn't work out, but we worked yeah. it out this week. And although you didn't do much research, we actually picked you for this episode because I think I'd we'd both argue that you, by having by procreating, uh, you did a lot of research because neither of us have children. We we're like, we got to yeah. get a. I've lived off the kids. grid for three days too, as really? part of a. Yeah. 
You're like a method podcaster. It wasn't for the podcast. It was, <laughs> I was hosting a documentary like three or four years ago, and part of the thing was I had to live off off grid for three days. And I, I, I mean, I grew up in Tennessee on a like my grandpa's cattle farm was down the street, so like all this stuff was like none of it was like I think the crew thought like this guy's gonna it's gonna be very comical. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time I was like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this and this. Like they set, us, water. they set aside three hours for me to start a fire with sticks because the, the lady. 20 minutes kind of thing. I did it, the fir- I did it in five minutes Yeah, because right. I learned how to do it when I was 12. Mm-hmm. But I didn't tell them that. But I didn't know that they'd set aside three hours because I was like, oh, this is. And they said the whole time, they're like, this is going to be so funny. He's going to get so mad. And they're like, in five minutes, I was like, here you go. Here's the fire. And they were like, <laughs> what the fuck? We don't have anything to share. Like, I was like, oh, right. so I'm done for three hours? I, I would have done it faster if I don't know that. Did but no, I got everything. I mean, I lived in Washington State, too, so it's where oh, this great. is. This oh, is. there you go. Shot I think I'm going to yeah. ask what everyone's wondering. Did you use the, like, uh, the string and bowed twig method where you – how'd you start the fire? I want to – I don't know this shit. Uh, What's your method? The way I did it was uh, – if you take, uh, you just take, you just basically take just take a, yeah, well, that is, I mean, lighter fluid. that's the funniest part. Now it's like, everyone has a lighter. It's not like, where are you going to be? Yeah, just, but you, I just took a stick and it's basically friction. And if, once you get it rubbing together fast enough, sparks will happen or it'll just get hot enough that then you take just like tiny kindling, almost like mm-hmm. pine needles or something like that. It'll just spark very quick. And if you have lint in your pocket, which most people do, oh. or in their belly button, you pull that out, that shit sparks so fast. <laughs> it's terrifying when you see how quick that mm-hmm. catches on fire. Because you're like, oh, that's just in my... That's what clothes It's in that are. closet. Yeah. 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 Do you ever use, like, Doritos bag? No. You ever Is heard that, of that? Does yeah. that work really good? You ever oh, heard of, of the, Doritos? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, have you heard of Doritos? They're now? good, man. They're yeah, because when I was a Boy Scout, they were like, you just put, you pack it up. Or you take jeans, you cut them up, and you yeah. char them. Yes. And then mm. you put them in like a Ziploc bag. Yeah, because of the spark, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get us it's back very back. easy. Again. Again. Yeah. It is one of those things where like, it's very easy to start a fire, you guys. Yeah, it is. Apparently. It is. Like, yeah. Nature does it on accident all the time. Yeah, but I commend you for the friction, man. That stuff can... That you like if you don't do it right, that you can be at it for a while. It I was, was like, yeah. yeah, and I think yeah, it was a meditation too, to some degree. So I meditate from time to time. So I was like, I understand what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried that when I was like eleven, twelve, thirteen, and it never worked. Like I could never get it going long enough. But we're here to talk about a movie about some people who also wouldn't know what Doritos are. Is the connection? I think they would. Segue. You think? I don't think in the beginning. Doesn't I don't it take think a they while? Would. Like why would they? Why would it come up? Other than I don't know, they seem to know things about like import export and stuff like that. They seem to be like keyed That's into true. like they world steal trade from the and stuff store. like that. So they, yeah, they, they seem like in like how capitalism works. Yeah, so uh, and how bad most food was. Who makes like Nabisco or something makes Doritos? I don't actually no. know. Frito Lay, they probably know something <laughs> Yum about that. Foods, but I don't uh, know. In a nutshell, in Conagra. case you haven't seen it, uh, just so we can like just dive into the themes and shit, but, uh, it's essentially just a dad who is completely disaffected with capitalism, played by Viggo Mortensen, 
uh, and his wife, who we never see, made the decision sometime before the movie started to take their kids off the grid uh, for all the reasons that, well, I don't want to start unpacking. I'm just going to get the like synopsis out because this is one I think a lot of people won't have seen. Uh, and they have a whole mess of kids, five or six or something like that. They have a lot and, of kids. And uh, they are basically as capable as... Yeah, yeah. And they all have weird names like uh, Bodavan and Lilith and shit like that. And Vesper. And uh, Relian. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done. But <laughs> basically, the two threads you see are that on the one hand the things that the parents believe are true, like they can uh, educate their kids way better than the public school system, and they do, and the kids are really smart, and they can teach them to live off the grid and make fires and kill animals by hand. So if they want to do that, they can. Neat. Like, they can survive under any circumstances. Um, And they have uh, very, like, uh, cogent political thoughts and shit, and they read at a high level. And then the other thread is, of course, that they're complete freaks. They don't understand how to operate in society. And if they ever did decide to, like, not be off the grid, they would completely flounder and dissolve because, like, they just don't know how anything works or any of the normalized systems work. And uh, that's the movie. I won't. I mean, we should spoil the ending, but I'm hogging the mic too much. But I, I just wanted people to be caught up on the themes. Basically, it's that's the lingering question, and there's grandparents they could stay with, and some of the kids think that Vigo's a piece of shit for sheltering them, and some kids think that he's doing a good job because they're so much smarter than all the normal sheeple. And uh, I think the question is up to us of, like, is he right? Because <laughs> the ending also... Someone else take the ending, because the ending... Uh, well, like, my thought is yeah. I did like the ending because it's not... I'm sure it pissed a lot of people off because it's not what it's not the three act arc that people mm-hmm. want it to be mm-hmm. and sum up uh, because I liked it because it is more real about those type of human beings aren't looking for balance to begin with. If that makes sense. Meaning the kids, the kids, and the dad, and, I mean, and the grandfather. He's not looking for balance either. They're bo- both are extremists. Well, yeah, because the grandfather represents extreme normalcy. Like, no, the kids need to fucking eat Doritos and do everything normal. You're ruining yeah. kids. And, yeah, and like the, the only people that seem to have like the closest semblance to balance is Catherine Hahn and Steve Zahn's characters. Yeah. yeah, who are he, raising, they're, like, seen as the archetypal, like, American, like, this is how you come up through the normal system. Yeah. Like, they they present the kids as assholes. Now. Assholes. Like, just, like, who don't get it but make fun of their, like, frankly, their intellectual superiors and yeah. the other kids. I mean, it's a charming scene when oh, it's the a great scene. comes in yeah. and just like slam dunks, like yes. Bill of Rights and stuff like that, and but starts talking about relations with China and stuff. But like, it's very satisfying. It's very charming. But it's true that it's like, man, you these kids are supposed to be normal, mm-hmm. and they're very much like you want them to get you owned. you want them to get out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing that I like the most about 
what the way he was educating them was through critical th- thought. Mm-hmm. That's always been like a theme of mine, even in, when I was in college, right before I, I dropped out to start doing comedy. Was it bothered me that all these classes I was taking, no one was teaching us how to think. They right. were telling us what to do. And that bugged the shit out of me, where I was like, that's not how life works, mm-hmm. where you just do the thing. Right, yeah. And then they, they, I was like, there's, like, any job I've ever had, there's always, like, no matter what it was, there was always, like, variables to everything, so you had to use your... So they're not teaching... That's what I noticed the most between the children, and the, even some of, like, the adults. There was no, like, even, like, Steve's on and... It was like you do it this way or this way. Yeah, yeah. There's there was no like no breaking of the di- there's no new dialectic. Or there's no melding of the types. There's like yeah. That seems to me like in our society, especially right now, that's what I was always like interested when you, they talked about globalism as we were growing up. Was like oh that'd be cool because you just combine all these theories and philosophies. And we just take the good and remove the bad from each one, and you know, but that's not what we're doing. Mm -mm. We're still fighting over which one is the correct way, and that's what this movie is. It's like, is it this? Is this the right way or this the right way? Like, neither of them are the right way. Right. I liked how you put it. uh, They're both. They're all extremists. Yeah. Yeah. They all emphatically personify one kind of dialectic and then there's no other space for any else there's yeah. nothing yeah well there's a it's interesting that now we're because it's profitable and without thinking about it things that are profitable like come into existence all our we have are now developing amazing technological tools that we call social media platforms that are designed to curate a feed of perceptual reality to make you think whatever lifestyle you subscribe to that's the normal one. That's what everyone's doing. And it's like, motherfucker, you just follow the people that say that's good and the algorithm feeds more of it to you. Like none of this is yeah. reality. And it's trends like that that make me, I got to say, so uh, what I was tiptoeing around earlier that I think bears unpacking is like, I'm sure not everyone feels this way, but my interpretation of the movie is there's even dangers inherent in raising a child perfectly and perfectly is a super loaded word, but like I, for one, agree with everything Vigo Morkinson says in the whole movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do. You're so, so I think you're supposed to. To me, it's like, oh, this movie's exploring if you had the courage to actually do everything you think is correct, um, which I don't. But at, I wonder, like, Billy, do you have, I mean, I'm sure your wife talk about like how to raise the children but does that balance come up of like because i also hearing all your zeitgeist appearances i know that like you think there's a lot of aspects of society that fucking suck and as as someone who wants to have kids but haven't yet i like fantasize about raising my kids xyz philosophical way and i know when it really happens that will all collapse and i'm just wondering if you have any insight on that or like how that hits you yeah i mean my thought is it's you would have to go to washington state or oregon state or idaho or british columbia to get that far away 
to actually raise your children the way you would ideally raise them. You would have to go isolationist to control their all their stimuli, which is not a realistic way at all. So what you have to do is just accept that you can control so much of what goes in them. And then the rest, you have to kind of steer and teach them and give them tools to properly handle all the stuff that life throws at them when you're not but there. But like you're saying, like critical thinking to allow you to adapt to any situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like my parents, I think both my parents are educators. So I think I had that. And I've just recently started talking about it where it was like I was very frustrated growing up because my dad was, he was big on anytime I would come with an opinion that I'd formed of like just questioning the shit out uh, of it and be like, well, what's the other side? Can you understand why the other side, why this guy would think this way, blah, blah, blah. Now is he wrong? And just like, you know, when you're trying to develop some kind of personality or worldview, you're just like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Let me just enjoy what everyone else is thinking. Right. Let me be part of this mob thing. But it was like, it's a gift now that I was I was taught critical thinking so I could understand every side. <clears throat> right. It's actually, there's a, uh, there's a great scene actually that, ha- or short scene that happens that actually exemplifies that uh, when they go into town the first time before they get the news about mom dying mm-hmm. and he gets like a bow gets his letters he, there's a like a tête-à-tête that happens between him and Vigo where it's like uh, he's like uh, I think he calls him a mar- a mar- no he calls him a Trotskyist or yes. a Trot- yeah tri- Trotskyite or something yes. like that he's like it's technically Trotskyist and no I'm I'm actually a Maoist now yes. because it's like even though they're very close it's very important to Bo that he has and an I identity like like, yes even though and that identity is only respected, a Marxist would despite call the a fact Leninist that tr- it's all Trotskyite <laughs> sorry just a great line <laughs> well, yeah it just kind. Of, yeah, yeah. It just comes down to this this idea of like searching for self identity because they have nothing else. They're blank canvases that have superior like they're very smart, but they have all this wisdom, but they don't know how to like practically apply it, right? Well they that's, have like knowledge. They don't have they have wisdom. knowledge. That's true. That's they true. don't have a lot of wisdom yeah, yet yeah. because the world hasn't thrown it's like any lessons at them. Like one of my I don't the movie's okay. But there's like some themes I love, and there's a couple lines in that movie Wanderlust, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it uh, talks to it's Alan Alda, I guess, is yeah. in the end where he was like, you know, he sneaks off and gets meat all the time, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I don't know, man. He's like, I just part of me feels like this was like cheating, like mm-hmm. we didn't engage, no. And I was like, I feel like there's like a there needs to be a balance. Like ideally, I would own a farm in Humboldt County. And live there half the time growing weed and mm-hmm. all my food and all that stuff. And the other half, I live here, you know, fucking around with the entertainment and stuff. Yeah. That's... Sounds appealing to you. That sounds like a balance to me. Where it's like quiet and then I can still go and engage. Yeah. Which I think is like kind of what the world... What was your educational upbringing? Were you public school? 
Oh yeah, my parents are public school teachers. So. Oh okay, there you go. Yeah, teachers, teachers. Yeah. yeah, my dad's a high school football coach, and my mom is an English teacher. I like that. There's a another scene about kind of what we were talking about earlier about the theme about uh, between Relian, who kind of represents the uh, like antagonist core of uh, against Vigo's kind of lesson. Yeah, you know, um, he's like the rebellious type. And he has a question about what kind of they have a uh, thing where they instead of celebrating Christmas they celebrate uh, Noam Chomsky's birthday it's on Noam Chomsky Dude, Day. There's, a, there's some annoying parts. Of it's this. Yeah, yeah, and so they have a he says, Relian asks of the group essentially, what kind of crazy person celebrates Noam Chomsky's birthday like it's some kind of official holiday? Why can't we celebrate Christmas like the rest of the entire world? To which Ben Vigo says. You would prefer to celebrate a magical, magical, fictitious elf instead of living a humani- uh, instead of a living humanitarian who's done so much to promote human rights and understanding. Okay, let's have a discourse. It kind of goes back to that that okay, let's have a discourse. To me, is kind of important, but in this movie, I do feel like it's like the fact that the two girls speak Esperanto and the rest of them don't. Yeah. it's a little bit so much in your face that you go like, okay. Yeah, so you're doing the right thing all the I time. You're so smart. Couldn't agree more with the heavy-handed yeah. part of the movie. Several times, like, I rolled my eyes where I'm like, I mean, yeah, sure, this is utopian because it is this ex- ex- extreme version of what's yeah. happening. They're but, learning quantum nuclear physics, you know? Yes, and getting into every one of the Ivy League schools. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Not that's... That but at happen. every level, no. I do appreciate it for being one layer more sophisticated and intelligent than I expected a movie with this theme to be. Because the movie I imagined yes. from the theme yes. would be that it would be obvious what the flaws in, in Captain Fantastic's worldview are. Because it would be like, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But he's so severe and unyielding. And he tells them you have to do what I say because I say so. Because we're scared of the world. And it's not that. It's uh, it's the annoying in the way that Billy's dad, it sounds like, is where you're like, damn, I mean, he's not wrong. It's fucking frustrating, but he's he's doing what a psychotherapist would encourage you to do at every instance. He's doing what good teachers used to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is like, why is that answer the correct answer? And if you change my Not mind, just, that's I'll change the correct my mind, answer. which is a position I greatly admire, but they do find a way to stack it so much that you're like, I get it. You're understanding. Jesus. <laughs> yes. um, and I think the scene that really finally... And yeah, I just appreciate that level of nuance. Like in the scene we've been talking about with the Bill of Rights, the fact that he says... That's rare that that would happen in a film where you would think that regurgitating the information would be enough to be like, you owned the normal kid, scene done, mic drop. I love Mm -hmm. that this screenwriter is smart enough to go, that's not real wisdom, though. What would really be impressive is the topper beat. You ask her... I don't want to hear you regurgitate shit. What do you an eight year old think about it? And have her come up with like her own original insights. Um, And by the way, the writer and director is uh, Gavin Belson from Silicon Valley, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Ross is the guy who plays Mm. Gavin Belson in Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's the writer director. Is he from the Northwest? I I imagine, right? Yeah. And it. Look, yeah, but it seems like a labor of love. 
Well, and it's, oh, without a doubt. Well, it is so beautiful, and the way it's shot is really yeah. beautiful, too. And then, I just, one of the parts, like, I have some issues with the Northwest, uh, but one of my favorite parts of the Northwest that I enjoy the most is everyone is pretty introspective mm-hmm. and thoughtful in a way that I really mm-hmm. appreciate. Now, it would bleed into, like, passive aggressiveness yeah. and, like, delusion. <laughs> yeah. But that's because of the weather a lot. But, <laughs> like, that... I, the when I was watching it, I was like, "This is someone that grew up up here." And so it rings authentic. Has always dreamed of making a beautiful yeah. movie, and did. It's like um, when yeah, it, yeah, it is a beautiful Jim Rash. Movie. It captures Portland really well, very quickly. I thought. So does Green Room, though. It's an interesting dichotomy in Portland. Um, but uh, yeah, it re- he reminds me now of like he's my new. I mean, I've been reading about him all morning because I'm like, oh, he's like a Jim Rash, where you're like. Oh yeah, he's that super funny dean on Community, and then you find out he writes and directs really excellent indie films as well. Uh, he did. Well, Jim Rash is like an Oscar winner, right? Yeah, he did the way way back. Uh, and yeah, for him and Nate Faxon wrote something, the right? Help, I want to yeah. say something like that, where it was like, yeah, that dude yeah. is yeah. an Oscar, and people are like, what? Like, yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, Matt Ross <laughs> was. I'm reading it right now. He he lived not only in the Pacific Northwest, but he had he grew up. His childhood was an alternative off the grid. Oh, lifestyle. interesting. Okay, uh, so, so this is his like memoir. He kind of came from fictionalized memoir. I imagine it's not one to one, but a commune. So of it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of odd. The insights there. are very. Yeah. Have you ever been up there? Not me yeah. personally. I come from Northern California though, and there's a little bit of that bleed down. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, especially in the farmland in the inland. Well, you guys understand the. Uh, it's just. It's truly wilderness yeah. up there. I love it because it's so vast yeah. and big. Yeah, it's so I miss like it so much. You know. Yeah, I try to go up to at least Humboldt in the woods at least once or twice a year. Yeah, Michael and I have this because we, uh, Michael and I have uh, known each other forever, and we would on occasion, you know, with groups or whatever, go on uh, camping trips. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in uh, in Southern California, so he thinks Chaparral is gorgeous. And I, you know, no, I it don't. Is. Yeah, no, but I don't. Like, when I think That's camping, I'm like, where's my fucking trees? Yeah, you no, know? that I want a brook. That I, I want to go desert, over a log. I call them my sand people friends, where they're like, <laughs> what they talk about. I'm like, that's not what that is. They're like, yeah, it is. You're like, okay, but okay. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to make fun of nature. It's cool, but that's not camping. Wait, wait, wait. have camping. I been disconnected? Do you guys hear me? You. No, we, yeah, we hear you. We're just ignoring Abe you. Abe is just yeah. slinging fucking lies. Uh, high desert camping is great. <laughs> Chaparral is bullshit. Everyone knows Chaparral is bullshit. People who grow up in Southern California. All right, know what do it's you like, bullshit. man? Uh, uh, Lake Quinault in Washington is excellent. <laughs> okay, I'm just every time we have, every time we go camping, you're just like. Let's I do like the desert. It's I'm two just hours not, away like, instead of 14 hours away. This is not the point of the podcast. God damn you, Abe. No. This is why you're my arch nemesis. But it did, <laughs> it did steer off because of the directors. It's true. Biography. Um, but I just, yeah. yeah, I think it makes sense that he grew up in this kind of lifestyle because the insights are more specific than you expect them to be. Um, and I found myself Absolutely. wondering, like, Obviously, this is going to show the negative side 
of this lifestyle. Like the movie mm-hmm. would have no conflict without that. But I personally was like, I don't know how though. Everything Vigo does is right. This is what I would do. And um, I felt the same way. Well, here's another thing I occurred to me as you're as I was watching it was like as heavy handed as it is. Like I kept thinking like if Vigo wasn't the dude, this would be so heavy handed. Because he pulls off so much, because he's so talented, yeah. yeah. That, like the casting, I thought was really important. Because I mean, Steve Zahn and Catherine Hahn, they can pull off stuff. That's, Anything. Oh yeah. Do you know they, what I mean? Like they're yeah, like two they're actors, actors that are always a joy to see and elevate whatever they're in. The old Hans on one and two punch. Yeah. <laughs> They could carry that because everyone else could be essentially robots who just don't understand like an alien. Yeah. And they could bring like they could bring that subtle nuance that was like, but you guys see how you're being weird, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be able to communicate because we're well-balanced human beings. Right. This is what you're doing is a little odd. Yeah. And you're making me feel like an asshole for bringing it up. And I feel like I'm because you can tell I love that one speech when uh, and Steve Zahn's talking about like explaining poorly to his children what happened to uh, Vigo's wife. Yeah. And, and like she got sick and sick people die. And like you could tell just by how he was like contorting his face that he was like that was not a good explanation. But I feel like I'm on the spot right now and I feel like mm-hmm. I have to say the right thing and I'm not able to. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Zahn really that well scene, but- based. Yeah, that's the other main thing that I've always like said since I was a teenager and thought I wanted to have kids someday is like I don't I I want to answer any question with adult level honesty but tact if they ask me anything. So I love the moments where he's like she had bipolar disorder and killed herself by slitting her wrists. Like you can handle that. Yeah. That's what life is going to be, parts of it. Um and I love the little B arc with the littlest kid asking questions all little kids ask like wait what's a penis and he's like it's like a shaft of meat that the man sticks in you know he just answers it very straightforwardly of whatever the sex question comes up and then uh on Noam chomsky day gives her a sex diagram book and she clearly doesn't like it so he gives her a knife to gut deer with instead and she's really excited <laughs> yeah. and she loves it yeah. but uh well, she needs both of them if she's going to start That's having true. sex. Yeah, you got to protect your <laughs> precious angel. Um, One leads to the other. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I also thought, so it was pretty cool. It was interesting and specific how they actually did get around to showing the negative side. Like, the for me, the big scene where the turn happens is when Bo... Uh, you can tell he's awkward with girls and you're like, okay, of course, that makes sense. That's the downside of off the grid living, right? He'll be awkward with girls. But I don't know, Spider-Man's awkward with girls. That's <laughs> This is all fine. It's acceptable. Right. But then there's that scene at the trailer park where he flirts with a girl and like gets to first base or whatever and then by that afternoon proposes <laughs> because you realize it's like a huge blind spot. It's never been explained to him what societal expectations of... So he's like, I vow my body and and bones to you in service of the land that we will share together and farm our crops upon. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? I think they just both laugh at him. Chill the yeah. fuck out, dude. She's like, I thought you were, uh, is that, does that mean you're going to go down on me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, 
and you do start to see it sort of. But fall I thought apart. that was that's still heavy handed. Where it's like I just feel like that was like Vigo not thinking that through and explaining that because they all seem intellectually capable of handling. Like here's how most of society, when you want to start fornicating in this, like I just feel like maybe that's where the director writer's parents didn't. They fucked him up. Fucked him up. He's kind of sticking it back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I know I grew up in a small town, and I knew motherfuckers like that. Sure. It was, like, the first time someone touched their dick, they were like, this is my wife. (laughs) And you're like, no, 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 that's not love. That's that's pleasure you felt. That is That's not love. That's different, man. It it is surprising to me that someone as... Like, because even though like we're ta- we're painting them as a kind of extremist of their points of view, um, being so intellectually charged and uh, able to see that like all the sides of everything in all things, uh, it's weird to me that Vega would not know that there's an experiential aspect to things like understanding love, yeah, uh, or at least romantic. So love. contrived a little uh, bit. Because he maybe? The, the, fam- the familial unit can do. S- you know some things but it can't do that and so it's just like he would know that and why wouldn't he figure out a way to incorporate that in his well that's a really interesting philosophy. direction because i would also argue that one of the few times that felt inauthentic to me or not inauthentic but just serendipitous to like get the themes of the movie settled comfortably was like uh mm-hmm. of course one of the major through lines is uh that they feel that her, the mother's like bipolarism part of the reason she ended up having to kill her or feeling the need to kill herself was her bipolarism went untreated so long because you're off the grid but that needn't necessarily have been that way that's not like a part of their cohesive philosophy and then the same thing i would say mm-hmm. about the other big breaking point is when he finds out that Bo got into like Harvard, Princeton, Yale, MIT, and Stanford. And his reaction right. is, I can't believe you deceived me for six months. You applied to colleges, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's the moment where you feel like, oh, Vigo is unreasonable. He's actually scared of the real world and he's doing these kids harm. And exactly. my point about that is that he didn't have to be that way. That's a chosen, like that the writer chose to have him react emotionally very manipulatively in that moment and that's like not necessarily i guess what i'm getting at is in the end basically vigo compromises a little bit and returns to like semi-normalcy and then the surprise for i think most people watching the movie who would anticipate an actual like the comfort of the kids achieving full normalcy or like assimilating into society they don't give you that either the kids are pretty severe like Bo doesn't go to any of those colleges instead he throws a dart at a map and then goes to namibia for a year just to find himself and, yeah this is yeah. still extreme shit that is not that normal so it doesn't go the route where you're like oh and they return to normal because he was wrong so it's not saying he was wrong but it also says he has to compromise but I would argue that his compromises are just based on the specifics of things the writers like chose to say like, and he is this, you know, it's a character trait of his, so blah, blah, blah. My point is, I, 
I, sh- I have no right to say this, but I'm like, Gavin Belson, sorry, she used his real name. But uh, the writer-director's parents, I'm like, if they're really like Viggo Mortensen, I don't know. I think that is the right way to live. I think everyone should do that. I would do it if I wasn't a goddamn coward and I knew how to make a fire by rubbing wood together against my belly button. Not that hard. <laughs> Well, but if it's not that, it's the the next thing, you know. It's well, that is the annoying part of living off the grid. Is like it's just a lot of work. And then boredom. Well, I like they, video games a lot. I don't want to not have them. The boredom part, <laughs> I didn't mind that there was not that much boredom, honestly, because you find shit to do. And there's, and I like solitude and like being with my own thoughts. So like, I enjoyed that part of it. The nighttime, yeah, you're right. But I think that was just more I wasn't used to going to, you know, at nighttime you just stay up for like an hour and a half, two hours with the fire and then you go to bed at like yeah, 9.30. That's all you can do, yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't used to that part because, but by, I guess by the third day I was like, all right, good night everybody. Yeah, this it, is how it has to happen. Yeah, this is great. it's boring as shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just think we were, I mean, I've lived... Being a stand-up comedian for most of my adult life, or my entire adult life, you don't start off doing well. Um, So I've lived in, and I've went through a divorce, so I've lived in every type of circumstance. And human beings are extremely adaptable if we are aware of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like... Yeah, if you have, yeah, without a doubt, if you have to be. If you don't have to be, we're not going to do anything. But, like, that, I am somewhat torn. I'm with you. Like, I didn't see anything. Everything he said was thoughtful and nuanced. Except for, and I just didn't feel like the college stuff, I was just like, this doesn't, this is like manufactured conflict because the movie needs a certain storyline. <clears throat> Because I just didn't. I thought that too when he got the letters and was they were foreshadowing that. But it's like what happened. And that's to the when Vigo who would say, "Oh, so you really want to go to college? Well, let's talk about that." It's like yeah, he had to turn into yeah. a dick if, yeah. to make Act Three happen. It just felt kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah, He's, I just I I didn't like that. I was just like I that think, was one of those where I was like, "This what? No." I think we're right. I think because I think I share the same point of view, but I do want to cut him some slack because remember, this guy's dealing with grief. Yeah. He's dealing with big changes. He loves the experiment and he he has verifiable proof as written letters from his wife saying, like, I love the kids. They're fa- they're amazing. Well, yeah. And um, that is a valid point. And he sees it all crumbling if down. If you are dissociated from society, your support structure is just like from an efficiency standpoint, less people. And life is hard, and people have emotional dimensions. So, like, if if everyone in this family is only dependent on the dad and the mom's gone now, he can't fucking be perfect a thousand percent of the time. What happens when... And if you are a part of society, you just have more people to... But I guess I'm just arguing for an off-the-grid commune. I'm like, 45 people. That's right. all you need. 45 people... Don't think, buy corporate I think bullshit. the movie does it. You pretty. just need a balance. You just need to come off the mountain, yeah. you know, <laughs> once a week. It's just socialize and stuff. They had it figured out about 150 years ago, except too. for the slavery part. But if we can just go back to that communal, like, hey, how you doing? Like that kind of thing. 
I mean, even the way we grow our food necessarily isn't the correct way. If we went back to a communal way of doing that, I think, you know, just growing crops that grow in your area mm. and for each other, everyone, like, I think a lot of disease will go away, too. I mean, it's all like... <laughs> It's all fucking tied so together. But it's jobs, the balance. And I just I just have a hard time with that how they didn't talk about a balance of any of this. It was all I extreme. They, do, I think yeah, I think you're right about their their words and their point of views, but I think that the um movie Sneaky Smart in yeah. that it does bring it up, for example, he Vigo's creating essentially like a like a group of superhumans, right? Like yeah. they're super smart, they're yeah, super they're strong, the they're fit. Yeah, they're basically they're like poet warriors. They're poet warriors. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And uh, there's that scene where they're trying to break into the home of the grandparents, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, Vesper, I think, is who hurts her arm. She is a basic ninja. You know, mm -hmm. like she she's killing it until one of the shingles, which she's unfamiliar terrain to her because she's been probably working only on rocks and stuff, yeah. uh, comes out beneath her feet and she falls and breaks her arm. That, it's that kind of thing where it's like nothing is going to prepare it. Like you're going to go and if you're going to not never go into society, Vigo, you're teaching these kids perfectly. But if they choose to go Ever. into society, they're <laughs> not going to be aptly, you know. Well, and they do the free food mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is. They're literal stealing. Like, he's doing things that we go like, yeah, stick it to the man. But we're peering from it from our normal place I wish in society. we had the bravery We're to like, do yeah, that. fuck yeah. those. Let's fuck, fuck with that shit. Yeah, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from their point of view, it's. They don't know any different. They're no. just doing what they think. Like, what is the lesson there? Free the food. Like, that is kind of a haunting it kind of It does breach like, also, like, the consistency of their philosophy because you would think he would understand, like, if corporate processed food is evil, we don't want it. Like, they should have farmed some shit and brought it with them on the trip or whatever, you know? I don't know. There are moments of... And I think yeah, that... Yeah, we do want yeah, it. Yeah, we do want it when we want it, or, like, as a treat. But, like, thematically... And the kids do. They have the chocolate cake. Well, like, even when I went and did the... <laughs> this is this threw everybody off. Like, the first day we got to the off-the-grid thing, the we weren't filming yet. We were getting everything ready, and she was like, well, um... Let's go have sushi. Mm -hmm. The lady that ran the thing, and we were all like, "You you have sushi here?" And she was like, "No, there's a place down the road." Blah blah blah. We'll go get that before mm -hmm. we do all this stuff. And we're all like, "I mean, okay, you know, we're trying but to be like it bugged are we all off of the us. grid." Yeah, what are we? Yeah. yeah, like are we doing this or are we not? Yeah, but I mean, I did. She did teach me how to like gather. I mean, she taught me some interesting stuff, but it was like. Hers wasn't, you weren't, you were, there was like n not really electricity or any of that stuff, but you still were part of the mm -hmm. world, I think was her thing. Yeah, and we right. are still, yeah, like I feel like I've been glossing over the one, the point that the film does make repeatedly that is very valid, even like in a Socratic questioning sense, like... Uh, when Frank Langello, the grandfather, when he's like, but you don't understand, they can 
you know, and he enumerates all the things his kids can do that make them superior. And it's true. It's like they can have critical thinking skills about the Bill of Rights. Good. That's legitimately like, you're right. That is a huge advantage. And then he's like, and they could kill a deer and make a fire. And he's like, but what's the point of human advancement? Like, they don't need to do that. That's the point of the last thousands of years of history was that you don't have to live in the woods and kill a deer and eat its heart. Do you see what we're doing here? We're like advancing. And the downside of living like a caveman is shit where like his son breaks his wrist climbing rocks and he's like, oh, well, you have to climb with a broken wrist. And I will concede that that's a legitimate I buy that argument against being off the grid. It's like you are giving up all advantages that humanity fought so hard to have, like hospitals for when you're bipolar. And well, there's shit. like, like I said, there's a balance between those things. Is like, I have a better understanding of where our food comes from than most people because I grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I have friends that don't, that grew up in New York City, that don't truly understand what that what the you know how the sausage mm-hmm. is made to use a cliche they don't really understand it yeah and that's why when they see some video and they're like well now i'm vegan because i saw a video of how meat is made and you're like you didn't know that that's <laughs> how they do that like you you were in your 20s and that you it never occurred to you like where's this hamburger come from like it's not round when it comes out of the cow motherfucker that's not how that works <laughs> Like it's not a, even ground. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend, his job in high school was, he worked at a slaughterhouse and he would shoot cows in the head. Oh, man, I can mm. top that. that was, uh, one of my uncles, his summer job when he was 16 was to stand with a sledgehammer and as the cows came down the conveyor belt, kill them with a sledgehammer. <laughs> he geez, did it all summer. That's some brutal yeah. shit, guys. That is... What that feels like a personal choice of that slaughterhouse because <laughs> guns have been around for a yeah, long, I think long it's time. To save, I think. Yeah, it was a very rural slaughterhouse, so I'm like, yeah, it's one of those shops where they're like, well, this is how we do it. We've always done it this way. There's the sledgehammer, old sledgy. Like what? I have a pistol <laughs> yeah. in my truck. Ruins the meat. Like, no. But like, I think that that's there's like. America. Do you know uh, what I mean? It was all like, it was all. Mm-hmm. But everywhere else, it was like the movie ones. Like the movie awards oh, for the yeah, whole movie. Because everywhere but America, people are cognizant of how American systems are like cancerous. But in America, yes. we're like, we're aware, but we don't want it rubbed in our face. Let's go see La La Land again. Ah, the dream factory. <laughs> you know? Um, That's it. Yes. We just want that. I was like, I went to Ireland and. What I loved about the Irish was like, there's not that facade about how the world works that Americans mm-hmm. have. They're just very open about like, yeah, this is shitty, this is shitty, and they're like laughing about it. I'm like, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And That's how I've... Why are we pretending it's not <laughs> this way? Yeah, and I got to say, the times I've been to Europe, uh, when I talk politics with them, most of the people, they're very clear-eyed, or like my experience was most Europeans are like, Oh, yeah, yeah, the systems. Oh, they're terrible over there. And you're like, so you think I'm terrible? And they're like, no, it's just the systems. Like, they don't even blame you personally for it. They're like, oh, everyone knows that America's a garbage fire. Yeah, it's fine. 
Come spend well, that, yes, money Yes, I went here. to the Middle East, <laughs> and it was like that, where I was like, oh, when you guys say the West, you mean capitalism. Oh, yeah, we hate that shit, too. That's, yeah. yeah. You're talking about McDonald's and Popeye's and Christmas. Wait, did yeah. you say Belize? No, yeah. no, I went to Middle the Middle East. East. Okay, like, gotcha. uh, like Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Like, I was worried. I was like, what's this going to be? And then when I landed, I saw a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> Yeah, stand, oh. and I was like, "Oh, this is what they're mad about." And oh, I get globalization it. This again. is yeah. <laughs> yeah, this isn't us. It's not people, but, but that's what it's organizations made of people. Yeah, there's yes. I was yeah. okay, so I was in Belize. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that's what you were said, but the story still applies. It's pretty good. Um, one of the f- like few days we were there we had a guy that was like attached at the hip with us for several days in a row and on like the third day by the end of the third day very like open and transparent talking about his problems with his wife and like what he makes and the differences between time he spent in america and belizean government and what the police are like in belize versus america etc etc um and at one point uh he was talking about human trafficking because he used to be a cop in Belize and had to deal with human trafficking cases. And we were asking about like, what is the, like, is there actually a chance or do like, cause what we see in media is that rich white tourists get targeted for kidnapping money, right? Like taken or what have you. Yeah. And he was like, are you kidding me? No, that's, there's so much risk involved. No, no, it's the reverse, man. Like, our 13-year-old girls get kidnapped by white people to be sold into sex slavery. And I'm like, oh, that's much worse. <laughs> of course. Of oh, course, the rich, the rich country yes. is oppressing the poor country. Why did I think the other way? And it's like, well, because of media and shit, obviously. Um, yeah, travel broadens the mind. That's, I guess that's all I'm saying. Or, or just... The movie Taken changed everything. Where it, yeah. it was the poor countries taking rich people, and they're like, "We can't do that anymore." <laughs> oh, they're all gotta... us. They have a certain set of skills. Uh, they have a guy now yeah. for this. Yeah, and he's yeah. good. We need to just show everybody. I've Taken. seen two documentaries. Well, about. yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a third one? Yeah, yeah. I three? haven't seen the third one. Okay. Is the is the Ian Taken? I hear it's a lot different. Is the Ian? <laughs> he it doesn't savor it. He doesn't. End. He's like, I've lost a lot of skills. <laughs> yeah. I am very old. I don't. <laughs> a man of limited skills. I don't have many skills left. I've done so many punches. I'm a bit rusty. Yeah. Um. I and I'm starting to believe she might want to be a prostitute. <laughs> like, yeah, can't it be empowering? She keeps <laughs> going away to now, but she gets taken. We see her get taken. All right, this is not the movie we're she, talking about. I think about. it's part of her thing. <laughs> I, think it's, I think she's running away. No, like, we no. took her again. Like, just keep her. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Does it doesn't sound like she's that. She's taken fine. four. You can have her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. yeah, and that's a frame right now. Uh, I, th- I think it's interesting. Also, wanted- uh, the parasite director Bong Joon Ho just said, accepting one of the millions of awards he's been winning, uh, that he was pleased but not surprised that it crossed over with American audiences. Because he's like, well, it's about how the parasite. I also love that he doesn't care about spoiling his movie or what it's about. He's like, well, the parasite is capitalism, and you know, it, it comes from America, so I'm not surprised people like responded. Uh, 
And uh, hell yeah, man. It's true. Vigo saw it. Bong sees it. <laughs> Open your eyes. Yeah, I, lo- I love Obama that. Saw <laughs> <laughs> Obama saw it. Obama saw it. A lot of people got mad about that. Like, oh, you like that movie, you son of a bitch? And it's like, well, he can objectively understand what's happened. He didn't create capitalism. Right. Oh, Parasite? Just, Where the, people just saying it's yeah. like anti-American propaganda or something? I haven't encountered that. Well, no, he he released his you know yearly thing of like here's the here's Best some films. dope beats I enjoyed yeah. and here's some flicks me oh, and Obama Michelle did and he picked Parasite okay and then Parasite was one of the movies he liked and people were like oh you like that you piece of shit <laughs> yeah I and see. he's like, it's like yeah he's like I mean he can objectively look at that and be like this is a wonderful but he's film. still a politician I like that he's like you know Old Town Road's on here too I'm just trying to be popular like. That one, yeah. that's the one that cracked me up where I was like, uh, he just focus grouped all I loved shit. imagining yeah. uh, Obama jogging, smoking a cigarette, listening to Old Town Road. I'm like, it's not happening, man. You just put it on there for obvious reasons. Yeah. Or I'm wrong. Maybe yeah. maybe Obama bumps maybe, Old Town Road. It's his jam. He can do whatever he wants Maybe now. he did enjoy the part where it just, it really... Shined a big old bright light on how racist country radio is. Oh, the lean all in my bladder line. Yeah, that was very. uh, Well, no, like when they wouldn't put it on the charts. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, Lil Nas X. So I was just thinking Obama was like, "That's pretty funny." Where he's like, uh, "Lil Nas X is like like a viral marketing genius." Yeah. I mean. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just, that's the part I enjoy about that song is like, I, the beat's great, whatever. That's any pop music. That's all that fucking matters. And then, but the part where it was like a country song, it sounded like all those, what those white idiots are putting out. And then it started climbing the charts and the country music, the business all of panicked. country music, those old, yeah, like, all, those, all those fuckers like, no, 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 allowed. no. Yeah. No, we can't let blacks do it. We're copying the blacks. Yeah. That's what this is. We can't go full circle. We'll have nothing. Yeah. No, we can't. Uh-uh. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh-uh. We can't take it back. We, when, they, when the blacks start doing it, it, it's very clear how bad our versions are. <laughs> so this is, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I love all that shit. When it shines a light on those pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah, Trump no, I, too. He does it. He shines a light on him on accident because it doesn't matter if he doesn't care if oh, he's in the light or yeah, not. Yeah, well, he's he'll be like, yeah, this is me, and these are all my buddies, and we're pieces of shit. And they'll be like, oh, and they're like, hey, turn the light <laughs> yeah. off, dude. You didn't have to like shout us out in the in the we're notes, not, man. No. <laughs> he's like, I want to make you guys famous. No, do not do that. <laughs> <sighs> Just get the fuck away. I don't think we people don't need to know who we are, dude. <laughs> We're in the shadows. The, We're the shadow guys. He's like, no, get in the light. Come on, it's fun. You get some pussy. Come on over. And they're like, nah, well, this is <laughs> We fuck kids, dude. This is not <laughs> I don't know if you should leave any of that in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. This is the most uh like a packaged late night stand up chunk 
frame rate has ever had on it, but I'm you're slaying, dude. <laughs> you Thank do you. you. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving you. it. I love I love that new format where the stand-up community gets immediate feedback. That <laughs> is like, it was a little stand-up. That is more like actual stand-up than you would but think. But you delivered it. Yeah, natural. I mean I know laughter is like currency it, to you. It's guys. not the it's not even the laughter. It's like when when it's not good, people let you know too in a way that's you suck. <laughs> So but does I've someone say you, like, "Whoa, whoa, who is that? Is that Billy? Stop doing your thing. You're killing it, man!" <laughs> like, no, they never. They're never like, "You're doing good." No, no. <laughs> or every now and then you'll just hear somebody laugh and be like, "This guy's good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate. But if you're doing bad, they do let you know. Like you just hear people be like, "This is," because it's usually really quiet, and you just hear somebody be like, "This is not good. <laughs> yeah. This is hard to watch." That was the funniest one I ever heard. It was like early on, I just heard somebody go. This is hard to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think it's hard to watch. It's hard to be sir. up here, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, okay? So you ever prayed for a sniper silently? That's what I'm doing <laughs> right now. Question, Billy Wayne: Do yes. your kids believe in Santa Claus? Uh, well, one is turning one, oh. so I don't think he has All a right. concept. And the other one, uh, he's ten. He doesn't come out and say he doesn't not believe because i think he's still under the impression like as long as i act like this motherfucker gives me a present right right he doesn't understand quite yet that it's gonna happen anyway i no, i think he does but i mean but i think he's just playing his cards correctly right i think that's (laughs) why because you're gonna change your operation the second that he like cops to it i think he's just being like i would rather just not rock the Always boat. keep up. Don't this. rock the sleigh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this dude keeps showing up. It's. Yeah. I know he's not real. I am. He's a very. My son's a very smart little kid. Uh, but he's like. God. But I don't know what the system uh, is fully. So I, why fuck with like, the system? Is he smart or is he like me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Did you experience any guilt about that as a lie? Or is it no? No, okay. fuck no. Well, uh, you see I what I'm getting like, at. I'm never gonna. I'm like, it, it's a goddamn game. Well, the theme of the movie have though, a game. is you're not supposed. You know what I mean? Like, did you seeing this movie and thinking that Vigo has a lot of good points? How do you feel about not incorporating any of those into the way you raise your own children? Well, I think Vigo's thing is like time and a place. Like, yeah, if. You're raising your kids in the woods. You have to teach them about some parts of life that uh, kids in the normal society don't have to know about that young because they're sheltered and stuff. But, like, there's, like, social things where you have to teach them certain things at certain times because it's about to happen. Yeah. More although I think some- that kind of stuff or how to handle these things when they come up. But like I just think that pure honesty thing. I you know, I think we all have that that question is like, you know, what is a good lie, what's a bad lie? And like we all kind of as you get older you understand. And I'm not a good one to ask because I will the hillbilly in me is just pretty honest. And like I don't like I don't like I lived in Seattle and they're very passive aggressive in that city. Mm. And I didn't care for that way of handling problems. Because I, I would s- much rather be like, Oh, what's our problem? Let's talk about it. 
and now let's now we never have to think about it again because we worked <clears throat> it out. It's over, yeah. and we move along. And you don't have to say some shitty comment to me as we're hanging out in two weeks and make my mind do like, yes, like it's that's whole it's, gymnastics. It's, yeah. it's a weird form of terrorism, is what that is. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and my dad's a football coach, and my mom's an English teacher, so I take criticism probably a little better than most because I was raised just being critique like in you're a way. dumb and you're not fast enough <laughs> just yeah or like why'd you step left when you're supposed to step right first and you're like i don't and know because i was thinking about pussy because i'm 14 and what is the whale you know needed I mean? moby dick <laughs> exactly just that yes both sides of it but i think there's also like I like Thomas Jefferson, and I know he owned slaves and did the. Uh, I know he wasn't like perfect. He did some, but <laughs> that's an understatement. But yeah, go I on. understand. <laughs> I like the way he goes. Uh, he understood the many nuances of society and the way the world works, and I think that's all I'm getting back to is a balance again. Is like some kind of balance where like you don't lie about important stuff, but sometimes you lie that spare people's feelings or what do you know what I mean? Or if it's just like you don't lie, you just don't say anything. But that also I think Yeah, is, that makes sense. I think it gets back to the thing of like the movie presents two extremist views of life and one is enshrined at this time and place as the normal one. And one is like a throwback or is, is like weird. Um, but neither <sighs> is objectively right, like you were saying at the top of the episode. And it sort of highlights how society can normalize anything that it's mind-blowing to me. Like, okay, so if you know what I mean, like if I commit a murder now, part of the... Uh, part of the consequences I'll suffer are the level of guilt I feel about how wrong it is to commit murder based on my beliefs that were created by the time and place I grew up. So it's just like interesting to me that Thomas Jefferson did understand all those things and was a luminary and thinker with great insight and wisdom. But by my standards, by what I believe and was taught, like he is also a human being who committed rape hundreds of times in his life. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And he didn't even experience probably the guilt in the same way that I would. He didn't think it was like, he didn't think of it that way. But by my standards, he fucking committed rape hundreds of times and then wrote the Declaration of Independence. That's crazy. And I don't think it speaks to, I'm not coming down on, so it's forgivable or, oh, so he must be condemned. It's more just like, isn't it crazy how society, not even that long ago, social mores can just like be completely alien. Humans are so adaptable. And if you go back even further, right, like pederasty was common in Sparta or whatever, and everyone in society was like, no, this is good. It's good that we do this. We need to have sex with it's the little boys. Yeah, of course we do. Cool. Yeah. They like it. It's. I think that's kind of what the film's trying... To, I think that's what the ending of the film is trying to say. It's like this bittersweet thing. He's packing lunches for them to go to, go to, to a normal school. like he's basically yeah. they have a home that is very bohemian but it's ultimately like they're now on the grid yeah. 
in every respect. That's the vibe you get because that's that was the conditions for him to keep the kids. And I think that that's the movie is trying to say in those final moments, I think, that the kind of counterbalance is that you if you're if you're prepared for everything you're not that doesn't necessarily if you are prepared for everything theoretically that doesn't mean you're prepared for anything yeah. because um when you actually go in the world and like you were saying there there's new new kind of things being thrown at them they're going to put it into the old like they're gonna like i don't know everyone's brain kind of works a certain way where it's just like okay so this is what i have to do like they even do that when he uh when Relian hurts his arm and he says, okay, stop. And then that's an acronym for like mm-hmm. you, how you get past this moment. And that's just, that's an artificially created, a very effective artificially created method to get through panic and shock. Now, that's not how, so it will be foreign to someone who is taught only that and only interacts with people who know how to do that, that if someone gets, is hurt and they're, just interacting with a normal quote unquote normal human being and they don't operate that way. They're going to not understand how to interact with that person in in an appropriate way because they're going to be like, well, you just do your stop thing. Why are you freaking out? Why are you screaming? This is all going to be new to them and that's going to make them uh, like less human in a math. Well, it's speaking. I've always, uh, I've always liked, uh, and been drawn to the way the military goes about getting things done because mm-hmm. it's so efficient. And but their end result is to you know murder and kill and take over things. So like their whole point, like I could never be in the military because I have a problem with authority deep down. And yeah. then also like I just don't. I could probably kill somebody if I had to, but I don't really see the point in it. Um, good, you know, you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so like the military is probably not for me. Like, my friend Jesse Case always said, he's like, I would love to do all the Navy SEAL training. It's just like, I don't want to do the mission at the end. You're obligated like, to no. go kill people. Yeah, it's the deal. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's why they train you and give you all those cool skills is because then you have to go kill people. You're like, ah, oh, that's uh, I knew there was like, a catch. I was just going to loop around at parties and <laughs> this shit. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, we got to kill other human beings that have done really nothing to me Dude. ever. So that's going to be... No, I'm the bad guy. If we could put that motherfucker from third grade in there, I could do it. <laughs> I'm still mad about... You know, that's the, yeah. that's the kind of human I am. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's that... That way of like he's teaching them to be like, this is how you have to keep moving forward in life. But it's like, uh, that's a survivalist way mm-hmm. to look. In society, mm-hmm. we're not trying to survive. Do you know what I mean? It's like those. It's like how you become a billionaire is that you're in constant survival mode, stacking millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way past the point yeah. where you need yeah. to, to keep doing that to ensure your survival. Yeah, it just stays exactly. On. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's like kind of the agreed upon zero sum game that everyone like. If you believe so deep down that everything's so zero sum, 
then you're going to try to game game theory yeah. and you're going to try to one up people. And the problem is there's no room for empathy in that no. condition because if it's everyone is taking your thing, then it's you versus everyone. Everyone. That's what this, you see in this town a lot. That, oh yeah. That mentality. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But where, you're, town. where you're just, yes, in certain degrees, but, but like, I think the money presented yeah. is, and it's open here. It's very like on, People are shameless about showing that aspect of themselves yeah. here. I agree. Well, and it's fascinating. That's the thing I think fascinates me is like the, like they can't turn it off. Where it's like I have a number. When I get to a certain number, uh, one day motherfuckers are gonna look around and be like, "Where the f- have you guys heard from Billy?" And like, yeah. "Oh, he's he got that number. He's gone." Yeah, he's dead. Like I don't need. Like, I realized four or five years ago, I would never have been on social media if I wasn't a stand-up. So movie. you're gonna Rick Moranis right. it? Like, oh I yeah, love that. or Richard yeah. Simmons, where some of y'all are like, and I have to be like, stay away <clears throat> from my house. I love. They yeah. launched the whole podcast, and the answer was, "I retired. Leave me the fuck alone. What are you doing? Leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> I gave you all the. I gave you so much. <laughs> now." And I think a lot of it's because I'm an introvert naturally. So like, like the idea of just going and not coming out, you're like, oh, that'd be great if you have enough money and just have to. Man, that speaks to me. Oh. I had the same bipolar interaction with Twitter as well because like I'm not a stand-up. Uh, I don't, you know, like I'm a director. It's yeah. good to be on the grid. And, yeah. But like Twitter isn't important to that job at all. Uh, but I, a lot of my friends, almost exclusively my friends are comedians. Yeah. So everyone does it and I want to like be a part of the gang or whatever. Yeah. So, but every day, every tweet I basically look at it, I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's just, what is this? What am I doing with this shit? But you have, I'm I mean, the only kinda, one he follows. Yeah. So it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. That's amazing. That's every tweet. He's like, what the I fuck? I unfollowed everyone a while back just to like restart. Oh. And like. It, it bothers some people in this weird way where you're like, dude, we're still talking. Like, you're telling me right now that that bothered you. Like, it's not like we're not friends. <laughs> yeah, sure. It has nothing to do with, he was like, I thought it was like a weird power move. I'm like, what power dynamic do we have over each other? <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking about? He's <laughs> like, I just didn't want to, and most of it, I was just curious if I followed no one, what would come up on my feed, and they still put shit up on your feed. Of course. Yeah, because yeah. you got to get you hooked gotta get you on the vein man that's that part made me fucking insane where you're just like oh you Makes you want to go off the grid that's what i'm saying it's like yes yeah, vigo's vigo the shit vigo's out of just so much more sympathetic of a philosophy than the billionaire philosophy where i, I just I'm, he's, I'm like i get why to not go off the grid but when he goes well my argument for going off the grid is capitalism is poison i'm like he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong no. <laughs> I liked how he handled grief. You just go bathe in a waterfall. Oh, I loved. Uh, and then you go tell. And then you go tell all eight of your kids that mom killed herself. Your mother has just killed say herself. It. Just you're say just it. Like, that's like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and yeah. I love. It's very realistic. That I had on at nine thirty a.m. The one morning, little kid. Was like, oh is, shit! This day. Not Elton John. Uh, <laughs> this is not rallying. The right trying uh, to stab before we start him to cl- stab in the the cabinet over and over and going i fucking hate you i hate you i love that that was great i had to yeah mute that because the baby was asleep <laughs> i was like I, this is important he's, a, he's mad he's, he's a good this dad. is he's a mad little boy 
but yeah in the name of that uh it's i'm glad you guys gave that that segue about in the case of michael with rally and and the case of we're just generally talking about omitting ourselves from the uh from the the grid uh just because once again I, I would just wanted to kind of like if you haven't seen this movie i thought that their omission is so important to this movie and if you do watch it, uh, focus in the scenes where the family is supposed to be unified or like worried about the future together. And like there, it's like them as like the tip of the spear against everything else. When you look at those scene, scenes, there's always the rebellious son, Relian. Uh, from a directorial standpoint, I think Matt Ross, what he's doing there is he, he chooses to not put Relian in those shots. Like it's interesting that Relian is only in a shot, even in the wide shots, if he's gonna have something contentious to say in that scene. Take for example when they sit down for breakfast the day after mom dies, when they ask if Ben is gonna be arrested, whether or not they'll take them from Ben. Like, are they gonna take us? Because like, if you're arrested, right. then and we he don't says, have That's mom. possible. That's how society works. <laughs> Yeah, everyone kind of dwells on that for a beat, and then the conversation conversation kind of ensues. Uh, despite being there, like he's having breakfast, there are no shots of Relian because at this point in the movie, he would be coming up with like, well, maybe that's good. Maybe that's something we should do. Mm. Uh, so it's just interesting that while we're talking about how the conflict of this movie is created kind of by these extremist points of view, the kind of kid who actually does get it, who understands that like, I do like what we have here. I do love mom. I love dad, but like you got to send us away. Like that's the young kid's point of view. Like I don't want, this is a not realistic lifestyle. I don't want to be here. Uh, and it's, he's it's got the solution to the movie. There's the no, he, that kid knows instinctively. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as utopia. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and he's read that or what he's gathered that. And he's he understands. Like, Yo, motherfucker, you can't do what you're doing. He's also the one who teaches, who flat out says the message that Vigo goes, you know, you're right. And he tips the scales. If he's not in the wides or he's not given a close up, his conflict or his aspect of the conflict isn't brought up in the audience's mind. So we're just watching the movie like dummies going like everything's all this conflict makes sense this all makes sense but the reality is the movie's over before it even begins if you just listen to this kid well exactly and well and it's yeah you have to create conflict of course in a as we should it's stories you have to you yeah. have to it's fun like i had a uh class in college and this is one of the catalysts where i was like i'm gonna burn this place down uh, this woman taught group decision, uh, and group thinking and group decision making, and she taught it as the world was a utopia. Mm -hmm. That's and, useful. And oh, I, I get, I've talked about it on podcasts before. And I get worked up, up, and it's been twenty years. Uh, I was like, I'm paying you. I remember having this saying this in front of the whole class to her. I'm like, I'm paying money to have you prepare me for the real world, and you're teaching me that as if everything is going to be perfect and she was like yes and i was like i can't, I can't. you're not useful she's like everyone speaks a, a, for the same amount of time everyone puts into the group the equal amount and i was like that's not how anything works that's not how talent's given out it's mm -hmm. not 
<laughs> but that's what his problem is. He's yeah. teaching this thing where it's like you, it's not. It's going to leak in unless you live somewhere in the middle of the Amazon. Mm-hmm. And we still go prod and fuck with those people. So yeah, it's uh. That's why it's a. Uh, there's just that essentially it's just a paradox they can't or it's not a paradox they just can't live with each other yeah and we need i mean it's also we need to there's it's a it's a commentary on several in our society in several different ways like the education system how we interact with our food supply our power system it's fucked up there's a lot of comments on Mm -hmm. it i have to pee is that yeah, that's fine. I think we're going to close it up, actually, if you can hold it. Okay, uh, perfect. Uh, Michael, do you have any last comments? Nope. <laughs> just like, just awesome. chilling out, man. Just just listening. All right. Um, is there anywhere... Uh, of course, you're on the internet. Can you uh, plug yourself? Uh, I'm on all the... Yes. You don't have to. Yeah. I have to, yes. But it is the best way to get... When I come tour, so that's the best way for me to get a hold of you. Tell me when I'm coming. Uh, just Google Billy Wayne Davis, and I'm on all the ones like Twitter, Instagram. I think there's a Facebook. Um, and you can get all my tour dates and all my records. Uh, I have two stand-up records. And then that's, I'm on Squidbillies, so you can watch that too. <laughs> that's actually the, one of the best plugs I've ever heard is just Google me. That's- Here's my name remember my name it's so funny like most people are like you find me here find me here find me here well i'm just gonna use the computer to do it anyway yeah just just, you're gonna go to the computer anyway so just type billy wayne davis into the your home page i've decided that's how i'm gonna do it from now on fuck yeah (laughs) all right well thank you for coming over i don't think i would have watched this movie without this and i'm glad i did yeah and i love that i don't know who the director and writer is i love him too he's amazing yeah, he's he's pretty great in that show. One of the best parts of that show. He really is one of the best characters on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if there's nothing else from you, Swam, uh, once again to Zach Schwartz, the Zach Attack, thank you for uh, pledging your money for this and suggesting this. Uh, that's a frame rate, right? Yeah. All right. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>